Welcome to the Relational Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Thompson, joined by my co-host, Austin Hill. Today, we're going to be talking about truth and the importance of it and how what we believe about truth and how we derive to you know, our worldview and how we make decisions is incredibly important. So we hope this is helpful and we hope you enjoy. So one of the, one of the most important things when we think about our lives and we think about how we make decisions and we think about the importance, the significance or the insignificance of anything, it really comes down to this big idea of truth, of what is true and what is not true. Um, because we're met with <clears throat> all, different, all different kinds of ideas about how we should live and what we should believe and what we should do and what we should not do. And I think that what we're trying to, to get after is what, is what is the truth? What is it that is most real? Um, you know, one definition here on Google is that, you know, that which is true or in accordance with fact or reality. Um, a fact or belief that is accepted as being true. It's hard. What you notice is it's kind of hard to define truth because they're using the word true to define true. But wh- what I think we're talking about here is we want to be in reality. You know, we want to be in in reality. And a scripture passage that came to mind was just John eight. You know, when we when we look at <clears throat> um, John chapter eight. Jesus looks to this group of folks and says, if you abide in my word and you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The truth Mm -hmm. will set you free. So obviously this was important to Jesus. This has been important, man, throughout history. But I don't know, Austin, when you think about truth, is there anything that strikes you off the top of your head at this moment? I think what comes top to mind, top of mind for me is it's something that we realize isn't, it's so, it's so very important to me. Um, and it seems like currently it's under attack because there's this statement, like the postmodern statement, my truth is my truth, your truth is your truth, which means we could both believe something to be true that isn't contradict it, that contradicts itself. And obviously that would create a lot of arguments or disagreements. And I think coming to a reality that there are some things that you just cannot argue with makes people upset because we're put essentially what truth does is it puts barriers and boundaries on people. Like here, I can, here's a truth. I cannot be an astronaut. I am not an astronaut. Therefore I cannot do certain things. It's a limit. Um, and people don't like limits. And I think that's what the truth does for a lot of people, which is why it's scary. Um, I'm working, no, I don't want to make this, and it's, I find it really, I'm going to find this hard to talk through without probably 
touching on some cultural things because that's where a lot of the angst and division is happening is this disagreement on what is true. Um, yeah, I think there's, it feels confining the truth and it feels so much better to say that my truth is different than your truth. Let's just let live and let live. What is my reality is not your reality. And I feel like, but, but however, it may feel good in the moment to say that there, that we have our own separate truths, but that is just like, that is an excellent way to just lead to absolute chaos in our lives and our relationships. So I think truth is radically important. Yeah. And I, and I love that you went where you went um, because it's kind of a different, it's a different take than where my head's at right now. But like, you're kind of talking about truth philosophically broadly, right? People argue, is there even truth? <clears throat> and, I, and we would say yes. But, but I think what I would even argue based off of John 8 is that Christian truth aims at what is beautiful and mm. that Christian truth aims at what is good. I even think of like Adam and Eve in the garden and there were limits, right? You, you mentioned that, right? Don't eat of the tree. And, um, and, and, you know, we could argue that that tree was really a tree. It really existed. This wasn't mm. just a metaphor, but you could also look at it metaphorically that, that there's all this goodness. There's all this beauty. Every need is met. You're here, Adam and Eve to cultivate the garden, to, to walk through it, to tend to it, to enjoy it. But there's one place that you ought not go because it will lead you to death. Um, that's kind of this takeaway. Trust me. God's inviting them. Trust me. I am good. I am here for you. I want what's best for you. Don't go there because, because it won't end well for you. So I think Christian truth aims at what's good because even if you look at John 8, right? If you abide in my word, if you're my truly my disciples, you will know the truth. The truth will set you free. Um, the, the, his listeners were kind of confused. And so he clarified, um, because they were almost like, are you saying we're not free? And he said, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. <clears throat> and so when you look at the context of Jesus' conversation here, it's almost as, as if he's saying the truth will set you free and the opposite is sin or you know, rebellion against God, the way you know, almost anti-life, and that is going to lead you to slavery or the opposite, the opposite of freedom. Okay. And so if Christian truth leads to beauty and leads to flourishing, um, the op, you know, the opposite is to be enslaved. And so where, where my head, you know, kind of went here in, in the couple minutes before we started talking is just, <clears throat> I was talking to Tom Meyer this morning, we had breakfast and obviously we love Tom. Tom's a, you know, he's the, he's the leader of phase one and two. And so, um, and we were having an interesting conversation about a, a various things, but one thing that came up in our conversation was just this idea that evil distorts. Um, and what that often looks like, you know, we see it at the refuge all the time where you and I work is like, what happens whenever truth gets distorted in us, right? We, be, we look enslaved. And, and, and often what that looks like is like we end up loving what we ought not love and we end up hating what we need. It's like, mm. it's like evil 
like turns our lives upside down. You know, I don't, I, I don't know if you've seen Stranger Things, but like, or you know, yes, Hall. I love Stranger Things. Yeah, it's fantastic. One of the best shows ever. Like, and that picture almost comes to my mind right now, where the upside down. You know, there's a mm. reality, there's a truth that that these kids were living in the real world where things were were pretty good. You know. But then there was this upside down where the same, it was like the same houses and, and everything, but everything was just decayed and, 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 and just dead and, and gruesome. And mm. it was a place of pain. And I almost see that in how evil works. It traffics in not creating a new truth, but rather taking what is true and turning it in on itself to become something to become something untrue to become something disordered um exaggerating exaggerating what is unhealthy yeah exaggerating what is unhealthy because because again if if christian truth aims at what is beautiful what is good really that image of the garden that image of just absolute flourishing and absolute beauty and when we go contrary to that when we go against that what it leads to is disorder and chaos and we end up loving and wanting what hurts us and we end up being repulsed by the very things that will lead us to life so when i say all that what does that activate anything in in you yes um for me, it sounds, it makes sense that when truth gets kind of, when, when truth is deformed or taken out of context or not seen clearly, it almost pushes us. So if we have a lie that is very similar to the truth or just in general, it pushes us towards the thing we don't need and it pulls us away from the thing we do. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense when people believe lies about themselves or other people, they do the exact thing they shouldn't, or they respond or feel the exact thing they shouldn't. It's almost like it's by design. And if we know the truth, we do the thing we know we should do, even though it's difficult. And then it leads to flourishing. It leads to a better, a better relationship. Because if, if we know that is real, like telling the truth is the right thing to do, we had like you and I just had a conversation where like we have to speak clearly to each other about the good things, about the clear, concise, direct. Yeah. Which sometimes that might mean we say things that are difficult, or it says says things that are like affirming. Mm-hmm. And if we do those things, then it pushes. Even though it's sometimes hard for us to accept com- accept affirmations or to experience being told we did something wrong, that will lead to telling the truth to people. Speaking honestly is what's going to lead to better relationships. Because mm-hmm. think about it, like I, I want to. What really sticks out to me is someone who doesn't want to say affirmations to someone. Like if I don't want to say, like I see someone do something well, and then I hold back. Like why say the truth? If something was impressive or someone did something well, you say it to them. They are. They feel seen. That person knows that they're that they're being recognized for something that they did that they wouldn't have done in the past. Like we need to say that, but it's also like, why are we holding back? 
mm-hmm. even though it's hard to say it. Because like may- maybe they'll think I'm just being fake or I'm only saying it to get on their good side. You can't control that. Just say the truth. It's, I know it sounds weird that, like, that it's difficult to be positive, but believe it or not, I'm fairly certain most people find it harder to be positive. And it's just we need to work that muscle more often and being honest about what is good, not just being honest about what is wrong. So, Yeah, I like, you know, one of the guys I meet with, and I just mentioned this to you earlier, but I think it's just a really simple but true statement that like, that leaders are truth tellers. And maybe, you know, I, I think, I think we should all be truth tellers, but I think that call to action is more like, man, if you're going to lead, you have to tell the truth. Um, because when you're, when you're leading people, like that's, that's the hardest part sometimes is just to say, say what is true, the best, you know, how the best, you know, you know, and I think that, I think the specific angle that I was thinking of when we came into this conversation was just that reminder that man, Christian truth aims at what is good at what is beautiful. I mean, we tend to talk about truth and we, and we argue ideas, right? We argue, well, that's right. Or that's wrong. You see it all the time in churches. You see it all the time with, with even people around the refuge, right? Well, that's wrong or that's right or that's true. And I think we have to be reminded that ultimately Christian truth aims at what is beautiful, at freedom, the opposite of enslavement. That is is, is what I'm advocating for, is what I'm living towards. Is it leading me towards goodness? Because that is the aim of Christian truth. Hmm. Not comfort. Not comfort, but goodness, but beauty. And that's what we need. That's what we most need. And um, I was also reminded of um, Romans 1. Because in Romans 1, what's happening is, is there's just kind of this depiction of people neglecting the truth of God for other things, right? And... Um, there's this, you know, in, in Romans 1, 19, it says, since, since what was made known about God is plain to them, because God's made it plain to them, you know, there's been all, you know, even in creation, we see God, his eternal power, his divine nature. Um, but then in 21, it says, you know, for all that they knew God, they neither glorified him nor gave thanks to him. Their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. And so there's kind of a a dichotomy between wisdom and foolishness that oftentimes as a part of this disordering, sometimes, you know, if, if we're not, if we're not aiming at Christian truth and, and what starts to happen is what I mentioned earlier, right? Um, how evil distorts. We love what we ought not love and we, we hate what we need. That that's what can end up happening here is we, is we become fools because that's what a fool does. A fool advocates for things that actually bring harm. A fool advocates for things that, that actually aren't going to be helpful. A foolish person 
will cause a fight just to fight. We'll cause an argument just to argue. There's really no, there's no building up of anything. Um, I think of just anarchy, right? It's just a foolish thing because at the end of the day, it's just tearing down what's been built just to see it burn. Yep. What a foolish person, right? Mm. Um, and I think we're surrounded by people all the time that we've been trained really well in how to, how to um, point out everything that's wrong. We've been trained how to have strong opinions about what's bad. Um, you know, all you got to do is turn on the TV and watch the news and see just how terrible everything is. What we don't know how to do and what we're not discipled towards or educated towards or, or mentored towards is, but what, what's the answer then? What is good? Yeah. What is true? What is beautiful? What is ultimately what is true? Because again, <laughs> Christian truth aims at what's beautiful. And it's so fascinating how when you look around, there's a lot of loud voices, but most of the time, what these voices are talking about is just all that is wrong. And I think that's foolish if it doesn't land on, yeah, but, but what then? What yeah. then? Yeah. What's the Paint, answer? Yeah, painting a more beautiful picture is what's missing. So, so what is that picture? And if if it's... I think we see a lot of the anger and frustration and, and divisiveness because people are trying to find their truth in themselves and they can't hold up to it. Like they can't bear the weight of holding everything in perfection. Yeah. Like they can't, they, like, because it, there's nobody that can say, like, this is my stated value and I live to it perfectly. So if I can't live to the stated value perfectly and I am the creator of that value, like I can't, then, then it has no bearing because if my stated value is to be a good person, you have to be good. But that means I am not perfect. So I'm not going to be good sometimes. And if I'm the one that created the idea that a good person is good all the time, mm-hmm. then, it, it, then it's just like, then why do we need to be good? Because if, if we're the ones that are saying or creating this, we can't maintain it, which is why when you say Christian truth, that is the, that is the more beautiful picture. Yeah. That God is actually inviting us into something good. Mm-hmm. He's inviting us all into something more beautiful. And... And we settle so often for counterfeits of that. And that's what leads us to disorder. You know, God's trying to put us back together um, from the disorder that we've caused in our lives and in the lives of people around us. But it takes humility and it takes grace and it takes love and if you notice, if we, if we were able to just like pay attention, sometimes you can just intuitively notice when it's real truth. Because again, Christian truth aims at what's beautiful. So much of what's being advocated for, the end result is violence. 
The end result is accusation. The end result is degradation. The end result is humiliation. It's not beautiful. <laughs> it's, it's actually on the path to death. And it's foolish. And that's why I love Anais Nin's quote um, that says, you know, we don't see things the way they are. Or another way to say it would be, we don't see the truth as it really is. We don't see reality. We don't see things the way they are. We see things the way we are. In other words, if we were honest, if we were aware, we would realize that oftentimes the frustration we have at the world is really frustration with ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the so going back to like if we kind of flip this whole idea of if if we aren't the ones that created what is good, what that means is that means there's somebody outside of us, something bigger than us. And I think both like you and I both believe that that person is Jesus. He is the one that makes what he is the one who clearly defines what is true. And if that is real, and I think it is, that means I get to see how I messed up and how I need to improve and how. I am shown forgiveness by Jesus. So what that does and why that's beautiful is it because I can look at you, Wes, or someone who is someone else and see how they are not good also. And instead of pointing out their imperfections and dividing and saying like, yeah, I'm better than you. It's saying we are the same in, in our messed upness. I know a more beautiful way that's outside of both of us that we point towards. That's what that whole, like, that's why this crazy thing about enemy love, like that Jesus calls us to love our enemies as ourselves, like love our enemies. How do we do that? We realize that because we know who the true enemy is. It's not the person who's out to get me or who hates me. It's the thing that controls them, that drives them to hate people. So I, because I see the hate in myself, I see the, my anger, my frustration, my, the sin in myself also. That's why we're saying, that's why this truth is outside of us. It's somebody else who I say is Jesus is identifying that we're measuring him, not someone else, because I'm much, it's much easier to get people to point towards someone else instead of like, look at, I am, I am perfect. I am good. No, you're not. Everyone's going to see that. But it's also saying that that other person isn't perfect or good. So there's this commonality or mutual respect that is built around the idea that we are both imperfect and we both need something better than ourselves. That's that more beautiful picture. That's really good. And so maybe maybe a way that we can apply this and do some self, you know, as Jerry Colonna would call it, radical self-inquiry, <laughs> ask ourselves <laughs> questions, yeah. is... When you think about what you believe is true and good, is that leading you towards peace and hope mm. and love of self and God and others? Or is your beliefs around, around what is true and good, is it leading you towards fear and shame and guilt and anxiety? and accusation, and suspicion, and distrust. Because I would argue, right, if Christian truth is aimed at what's beautiful and good, then Christian truth aims it, right, then it, it results in the fruit of the Spirit that we see in Galatians 5. 
And so, so as a result, if you're, if what we believe about what is true is leading us towards all those negative things, I think we could all agree that one of those lists was negative. Then I, I would caution us that like, that's maybe we need to do, maybe we need to do some repentance or turning mm-hmm. from, maybe we need to do some turning towards Christ. Maybe we need to do some evaluation, right? Um, maybe we're, maybe we're trying to measure up, you know, I love the, you know, we were with Jim and Jim and Cliff um, last week or this or I guess a couple of days ago and their definition of repentance being like coming home mm-hmm. to Christ, you know, um, remembering the love that God has for us, remembering the love that Christ has for us. Um, again, Christian truth being aimed at what's beautiful. That's beautiful. You're loved. I'm loved. God is, God is in relentless pursuit of us. You and me, despite um, our, our hangups and our, and our struggles and is continuing to beckon us towards himself and towards relationship with his people. And so I think we really have to ask ourselves is what we're advocating for leading us towards goodness Mm. is what we're advocating for leading us towards order or is what we're advocating for leading us towards disorder and leading us towards pain and leading us towards dysfunction. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Relational Recovery Podcast. We will be back tomorrow with a new episode. We'll see you then.